Hey, hey, we are back after a week off. Uh, we don't have many hiatus hiatuses for the podcast. So, um, yeah, just one of those weeks anyways. Um, it's me, Nick, and joined with our usual gain of suspects, Mr. Danny Weber and Nick Ruth. Uh, Dan, how are you doing today? Uh, we had a couple, couple of Steal Your Sunshine moments from this last week. What a couple very close matchups, couple close upsets, couple couple things that are kind of crazy but i am thriving we're late on the pod today i'm not blaming anybody but i'm a drink and a half in right now so what shape i end up in at the end of this is not my fault i'm not gonna apologize because i live my best life but i'm fucking ready to go hell yeah we just had a trade break two minutes before we started recording so very fresh and have to digest that quickly but it'll be fun uh nick how are you doing today I'm good, sir. Trying to uh, quick scramble and type some notes about this trade. So glad you introduced Dan first. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that's what I do when you're getting introduced to. I fucking all right, Najee Harris. What the fuck are we going with? Yeah, that's fucking rage. Yeah, so let's start. I mean, we had two trades actually go down today. Um, Dan, you were involved in one of them, so we're going to start was. with that. Um, and this one involved Dan and Stefan. Uh, Stefan's been one of the more aggressive teams of late, which you love to see. Um, Stefan sent Carson Wentz, a 2024 second round draft pick that is Kevin's, and a 2025 third round draft pick that is Stefan's. Um, in return, he got and Dan sent um, Mr. Jared Goff. Um, before we talk about you, Dan, Nick, why don't you give kind of your thoughts and I'll give mine and then we can get the perspective from someone involved in the trade to wrap things up. So Wentz just got hurt, I believe, six weeks is what I heard. Yep, that seems right? like it, yeah. Six weeks six is weeks. What, the, what the forecast All right. is, yes. So it's two quarterbacks that I honestly don't see starting after this year. One went down for six weeks. The other just finishes by and is quarterback 12. Um, Stefan is competing. He needs a quarterback to back up his two. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. He's not giving up too, too much, but... I mean, it's kind of a win for Dan. He sheds points, gets picks, and gets a, I guess, shitty quarterback that's not going to get him points. So there's that. Um, I get it for Stefan, but, you know, sooner or later, him leveraging all these future picks to win is working. There's no denying that, but it, it's it got to catch up to him soon, right? Like, that's we can only yeah. hope. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's just interesting because it is his third quarterback, um, and... I th- I'm a little bit more optimistic with Jared Goff probably being a starter next year just because I don't think this Lions team is going to be ready to draft a quarterback um, and, you know, or be high enough to draft maybe one of the top tier ones. So, but again, it's his third screen option. Um, is he an upgrade over Carson Wentz? Yeah, factoring in the injury, sure. But like, I'm with you. I don't know, like trading a second round pick to get that done. Yeah, he's better, sure, but I don't know. What do I know about draft picks? So I I don't love it for Stefan. Um, for Dan, I think it makes sense just because no matter what you think about Carson Wentz or Jared Goff, it seems like their future in the NFL as a real viable quarterback to come into the end. So getting someone that doesn't score points right now for Wentz or in Wentz and then some draft picks, it feels like a win. Um Dan, what, what was kind of your mindset for this trade? Oh, I Hold love it. Let me cut in real quick. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Quick question. Yeah. Right now, if the season ended, Detroit has the number three pick. 
there's no chance in fuck they don't have a top five pick. Like they're terrible. Touche. Thanks for calling me out on that. I yep. mean, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I guess. You I mean, know. they have the weapons. They have Swift. They have Hawkinson. They have Amon St. Brown. They'll get Williams sometimes this year is, I think, what came out. They're no, that's... a quarterback away. No, I mean, I, I take that back. You are 100% right. That was a bad call by me. Um, appreciate putting me in place. I so mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess. But I mean, at the same time, too, I feel like Jared Goff, at least so far this year, has shown stuff that I think he would probably get another job. Carson Wentz. I mean, Carson Wentz is like the Clyde Edwards Hilaire of like our league to the NFL. The dude's just getting passed around like every like season for the last like three years. And I feel like the, um, you know, the commanders are going to be caught holding the bag now. And I don't know if anyone else is going to be interested in him, but golf, I feel, I mean, do you agree? Like golf is a little bit more optimistic um, going forward to have a job versus once Nick. Yeah. Or no? I mean, I, yeah, I do. But like I said, I just don't see either of them being starters. I think I could see, Goff going the Trubisky route, maybe. Okay. So, like, a team. But, yeah, I, I don't see him as someone's opening day starter by chance. Even though Mitchell was, he shouldn't have been. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Dan, what was kind of your thoughts on this trade and kind of working through the trade process? Uh, oh, I, I love this trade for me. I love this trade for me. I shed points, which is a big piece. For Stefan, this covers the fact that Kirk Cousins is buying this week and that Jacoby Brissett has a buy in week nine. So Stefan gets a guy that's already come off of a buy that's going to start with a pretty, like, I wouldn't say good offense just because it's, it's the fucking Lions. But, I mean, he's been decent I and mean, like you said qb12 that's a top half qb getting the second the third is big for my rebuild option and mm-hmm. if carson once doesn't start i mean so be it i i i had myself forecasted at a second for golf i think was the reasonable route yeah. the fact that i got a second a third in a later year and then was able to acquire potentially a starting qb somewhere depending on his situation i'm all in for so i i really like this trade for me and i don't need the points for six weeks and I mean, he's going to, he's going to buy in week 14, six weeks brings him back in week 13. This is a win for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard to argue with that. Um, yeah. And I mean, when you look at like Stefan's team, like Nick, you kind of talked about like, you know, these picks and like using them and, you know, the roster. Um, I mean, is at this point, like, you know, getting like a third quarterback now in golf, you know, we saw him kind of make the trade to get a little bit younger quarterback earlier with Kevin. I mean, the holes that existed on this roster, like are really patched up at this point. So even though like picks have been used, um, it's for the next two years, basically, you know, Stefan's roster is in a real strong position right now for this year. And, you know, conceivably, obviously next year as well. So I don't know. How, how are you feeling about, I guess, Stefan's roster just, through these kind of last trades or last few trades and kind of going forward, um, you know, does he still need to be aggressive um, as he's been, or is this kind of his roster from here on out um, for the rest of the season? No, he's, I can vouch. He's been super aggressive. (laughs) So (laughs) he's still trying to get some players, which I can, but the problem is 
He's running out of bullets to fire to trade. Yeah. How how do you guys value like you know at this point like 2025 draft picks? Because I'm sure you know we've all probably maybe dealt with some offers or some opportunities for those picks. You know they're three years out. Um, obviously you know they're draft picks, so they are going to gain value. But it's when it's so far away. How do you kind of view those picks as assets compared to you know? Obviously, a 2023 pick, you know, everyone wants those. But even 2024, like, that's less than two years away. Um, what's kind of your mindset into those picks that are well over two years from actually being realized in value? I'm not the biggest fan, considering I really think I can compete starting next year. So trading away, like, a Godwin for a 25 first. I mean, you want to collect first while they're cheap. And it'd be nice to say, come 25, I'm competing and I have four first round picks. That'd be awesome. But I don't want to give up too much talent where I'm rebuilding for the next three years and just keep acquiring picks instead of actually playing. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a tricky spot, at least for my roster. And I go back and forth. Like, I mean, it's firepower to get more people too. Yeah, and I mean, you could even say in general, you don't have to maybe relay this directly to your roster and where it's at and where you hope it is in, you know, two years or whatever. I think a lot of it just depends on where you sit in your rebuild process. Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, it, I think it's what you value from acquiring points, acquiring assets, and what you can put forth. So I think you have to have some optimistic as to what your time frame is. But anything you trade that's not next year, is it's a shit show. It's a clusterfuck. It's a hope and a prayer because you don't know what player your pick is coming from, what their roster is going to be like. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's kind of a shit show to be honest with you. No, I agree. There's definitely a lot of unknown when you're talking three years out, a lot can happen. You know, you can look at a pick and say, Oh, this is going to be a high one. This team isn't going to make the playoffs. And you know, maybe that isn't the case. Um, you, you definitely have a lot more extra uncertainty um, the further you get out with this stuff. But it's just interesting because obviously this next deal we're going to talk about, we saw a 2025 first moved, and I I believe that's the first one we've had moved so far yep. um, this year. Correct. So interesting. Um, I think this is probably the latest that we've had people wait to move those picks. Um, in the past, I feel like we've had several of them shipped uh seconds after they became available after the completion of our rookie draft so um i don't know what that means but it's interesting and all right so let's talk about this deal that just broke a few minutes before we started recording and it involved kevin and arman and it is a big deal uh kevin sent Najee harris elijah mitchell a 2025 first and second round draft pick both of those are kevin's and arman sent saquon barkley and a 2023 second round draft pick that is Stefan's. Anyone want to jump in and give their early thoughts and feedback on this one? Woo! I think that, go ahead, Nick. I'll, I'll just start with the woo. And go from there. <laughs> woo girl. Yeah. Um, it's a big boy trade. There's no denying that. Um, Najee, although people are very critical of him because he has so much opportunity and Hasn't necessarily been the most productive, but he has been productive. He's a top 10 running back. Um, Mitchell's hurt, but having the starting running back in a 49ers offense is super exciting. And you always know they're going to put out or put out uh, produce. Uh, 
<laughs> Did you say put out? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to catch myself and then just went with it. Nope. The first and second, there's like you said, what, three years out? So it's kind of hard to gauge. But he gets running back two on the season, still young, potentially looks like an, his old self. I haven't necessarily seen like the breakaway 95 yard run he was known for, but he looks freaking sharp this year. Mm-hmm. And then you get Kevin gets his own second back. So, you know, Armand was holding until he got a King's ransom. I think he got it. But if Kevin's competing and you can add the running back two to your team for an injured person, a pick in three years and a less than productive running back, you take it. So I think it's a exciting trade. It's a big name and I, I like it for Kevin and then I like it for Armand. So it's it's a good one. Yeah, there's some interesting elements to this. I mean, when you think about the fact that Saquon Barkley's four years in the league and is 25 years old, Najee Harris is in his second year at 24. So age-wise, and Elijah Mitchell is 24. So there's not a big age gap. Yes, Saquon came off the injury. Elijah Mitchell has the injury. Najee Harris has some injury history. I mean, this is a lot to pay for, for Saquon. I, I, I think that's just what it is. Kevin's competing. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. This is a big price to pay for Saquon, I think. Like, I think this is very steep in my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think really uh, this deal, it's kind of interesting just with the players all involved are running backs. And running back for running back trades are typically difficult to do unless you're dealing like an injured one or you're dealing a vet for someone young. But you know, as you mentioned, Najee and Saquon, even though Saquon's been in the uh, league a little bit longer, like age-wise, they're 13 months apart, you know, which is crazy to see. Um, I think it just depends on how you view Najee Harris and Elijah Mitchell. Um, both right now are kind of viewed in a negative light. Um, Elijah Mitchell's injured and he's a Niners running back, which doesn't have the longest shelf life we've seen in the past. And Najee Harris, you know, I've kind of mentioned in the pot, I'm not the biggest fan of him, but you can't deny that he does produce. Um, Saquon Barkley, I mean, he's, I believe, RB1 on the year, um, or RB2 maybe at this point as I pull up Sleeper. Yeah, it's Um, RB2. So, you you know, to get like those elite players at any position, you do have to pay out and give a lot of money to get that, you know, player. Um, I don't know. Like, it is a lot to do. I think... Just, I don't know. I, I, I'm hesitant to say where I, like, my initial gut is I like it more for Kevin because I just trust Saquon Barkley, but that might just be too much of my Najee hating uh, perking up here. Um, so, I don't know. It's very interesting. As the old folks would say, time will tell. Yeah. And, I mean, Kevin getting the second round pick this year, you know, that gives him kind of leverage either, one, to make another trade, you know, getting a 2023 20, second, you know, we're going to spoiler talk about that, the draft class, you know, shortly. And, you know, I think that second round pick and all 2023 20, picks right now are just extremely valuable. So that either gives Kevin more ammo um, and a second round pick is no matter how late it is, I think is decent ammo in this year's class. Or, you know, it gives him something he can use for his team and maybe get a younger player that can help him. So um, ah, very interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what 
what these assets potentially might turn into. And I think this is fun. Like as we look back, as we do future pods as to this pick was traded for this player. Did we see the return on investment from a draft capital standpoint? Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, let's see, we talked about kind of um, uh, Stefan's team and like, you know, he's still being aggressive, but you know, not really seeing a ton of holes at this point. I mean, when you look at like Kevin's team, I guess maybe like a flex upgrade would be kind of an immediate need for him. That may be a fair assumption when you look at Kevin's team. Can he potentially fill that spot maybe? Melvin Um, Gordon has been an enigma. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, the whole the Broncos team. Galladay's, again, another one that's an enigma you don't really know. Thielen's kind of old, and it's on his bench. What, those are probably his three... Yeah, Singletary's been good too. So I don't know. I think his flex is pretty good. He's in rough buys this week, so it's kind of hard to gauge. So here's what I'll say to this too, though. Gordon and Barkley both buy in week nine. Yeah, that's that'll be rough. Less than ideal. I mean, you at that point in time, you have to bank on a Michael Carter being decent, even though he's eating fucking shit with Brees Hall. Um, is Caleb Huntley actually gonna be a thing? Probably not. There's not much outside of the running back kind of game. Well, hasn't been Singletary's been Singletary's been decent, yes. Yeah, but that like whole Singletary offense has been great. Yeah, Singletary and Henry, I think, can easily be a patchwork yeah. for a week. So I don't think he's in too rough a shape. I mean, with having the no picks and relying on Brady, Tannehill, Carr, Mariota, that could implode. But well, otherwise, I think his team's pretty solid. Well, that's why I think when you have Brady, like I think at this point, as after this trade, Kevin is all in, like a hundred ten percent on the year. So I don't know who the the flex option is, but I think if he could upgrade, you know, a Robert Woods, uh, Brandon Cooks, a Melvin Gordon, you know, Singletary when he's not on by Thielen, if there's an upgrade to maybe be had, I, you know, you gotta imagine Kevin's trying to pursue it with maybe the second round pick he got in the steal. Um, because if if not then there's or if not that there's just not a lot in the cupboard and you know if Brady retires and whatever worst case scenario happens you know this could all be for not so I don't know mm-hmm. I'm rambling I got nothing uh, else Nick anything else on this deal before we move on No I think we've pretty much covered it all. All right. Um, okay. Well, I guess really not a ton of like NFL news, like no long-term like injuries, I think came out of like this recent week. Um, but, you know, and there is some like, big news. I mean, um, Dak Prescott was cleared to practice today yep. and so was Tua. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, that, well, I think Armar's we're literally it. sending out a brand new team. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, I think we're seeing kind of like the the second half of the NFL, like with, yeah, those two guys returning from injuries, Keenan Allen, it seems like it's going to be another week um, with a a trade deadline looming in less than two weeks. um, We saw, we'll see if this has any impact, but Robbie Anderson um, could be stepping into a bigger role um, with, you know, Marquise Brown out for about four to six weeks, it seems like. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is back from his extent, um, suspension. Um, 
some rumored trade people. Um, we'll see if it happens, but Christian McCaffrey, Cam Akers. I mean, Nick, you mentioned Melvin Gordon. Who the fuck knows what's going on with that situation? He could be on the, the outs. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. is looming. It seems like a lot of contenders are interested in him. And to Sean Watson, um, his suspension is nearing kind of the, the end of things as well. Um, is there anything to you guys that kind of sticks out, whether it's someone returning from an injury or, you know, potential trade deadline piece or whatever um, that potentially excites you or you could see maybe turning the tides for this fantasy season? I mean, for your sake, you really have to hope D-Hop unleashes that Cardinals offense because right now you throwing out Russell and Kyler has to be painful to watch. So hopefully at least Kyler gets some reassurance. I think for me the biggest intriguing piece is the McCaffrey for Akers swap that could potentially happen. I think I mean I'm just gonna put it. I'm, I want to speak that new existence. That could be a very big piece for the Rams, and it could be my key to having Cam Akers be fantasy relevant again. I think that's where I want to see things happen. I mean, so can we like have a tough conversation? About Cam I, we Akers? always have tough conversations. It fucking sucks. He's not gonna play. This is well, bullshit. yeah. If, if if he can't make it with the Rams, where's where the fuck is he gonna make it? Uh, I would say J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 but I fucking own a Brees Hall share, and he's looking really fucking good. Yeah, he's... It's not a enigma. I know it's not, but I'm going to hope and pray. But yeah, I mean, that whole situation is very interesting, um, and it would be interesting to see um, Christian McCaffrey end up on a contender, whether it is the Rams, the Niners the Bills, whoever else, um, he's probably, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get moved, but on paper, he seems like probably the most impactful player um, from a fantasy perspective that could be on the block. If he goes to the Bills, that would be fucking insane. He, yeah, (laughs) that would be a fun toy for that Bills offense to have with Josh Allen, Diggs, Gabe Davis, Singletary. It's been decent. Um, That would be fun. Because they, I mean, they're the best team in the NFL right now. Period. So End of story. If yes. they, you know, I wouldn't fault them for going all in and trying to pull a Kevin. Fuck them picks. I don't know. Um, any, or I don't know. I don't really even know NFL news. I'm out of the loop. Nick, I'm still recovering from the, the KO on the, the Lions talk and my blunder on where they were at with the standings. <laughs> they were better. No, there's not too much going on in the NFL. Um, your boy Watson got a new girl to file a civil case against him. So I feel like that's going to be here. I feel like that's going to be happening for like the next decade. <laughs> it's just gonna just gonna keep coming out. There's just gonna be another person. No wacky wacky at the end of it. That's just that simple. Yeah, that's not a fun story by any <laughs> No. All right. So. All right. Um, I, so, yeah, like one thing that we've talked about kind of like this entire year, I mean, anyone that's really played Dynasty, um, you know, or playing Dynasty knows about like this upcoming draft class. Um, it's been really hyped up, you know, the 2023 draft class with different players and, you know, different, um, you know, across the board um, guys to be excited about. 
Um, so let's kind of give like maybe an overview on how we're looking at the class, you know, midway through the college football season. And then for fun, maybe we can do a mock draft. Um, sound good? Let's do it. Works for me. All right. Nick, why don't you kind of maybe start with kind of your overview of how you maybe see the quarterback class um, right now in this class? So for me, there's two clear studs. Yep. They're in a tier of their own, Stroud and uh, Bryce Young. Hands down, best quarterbacks in the class. All the experts are saying Will Levis is very high. I've watched a few of his games. I'm going to assume they know more than me, but he kind of strikes me as that Trubisky where I don't know why he was so high. Yeah. But the, the NFL supposedly knows what they're doing, so you kind of got to give it to him. Um, kind of in his tier, I'd say there's two or three guys you could talk me into um, Anthony Richardson getting a ton of hype. He's looked decent. I don't watch enough Florida to know, but most mocks have him as a first round quarterback. So I'm just going to take it and go with it. And then it's hard after this last week, not to give Hendon hooker his day in the sun. He yeah. looked unbelievable against that Alabama team. Um, he's not quite there for me yet, but he's definitely that fringe that I'm watching. Um, outside of that, I don't really see too much. You know, you had DJU and Spencer Rattler, who are supposed to be, you know, the golden boys when they were recruited, and they both just did not live up to hype. Um, nope. So the quarterback class, better than last year easily. The year before is probably going to be the greatest quarterback class ever, just out of sheer top-tier talent. How it pans out in the NFL is a whole other story. But I kind of – this is a middle-of-the-road – class for me i'm not overly excited but definitely better than last year i think i have i have a lot of excitement in stroud and young i think that this, that's a big piece for me i want hendon hooker to be a thing after watching him play alabama and and do his thing and just connect with one person and one person only that's very aaron Rodgers-esque with Devonte adams yeah i want that to be a big thing in life but i think there's still a big gap with young and stroud to Hendon Hooker, who I think is, I'll put my flag in there. I think he's better than Will Levi's, Levis Levi's. It doesn't matter. It's all about the same. Yeah, the interesting thing with Hooker, and it'll be curious to see how the NFL views him, is it's going to be 25 in January. Um, I was just say, isn't he super old? Yeah, it's Tennessee seems like they have a thing for old uh, college no. football players. Who was the fucker who got drafted? Like It was 30s. the baseball guy in Cleveland, yes. What was that? The 30-year-old quarterback who went in the first round. To Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon, yes. All right. Yeah. No, Good I mean. Talk. I'll let you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they can obviously, like, I don't think that's going to be a deterrence against him, but I don't know if he'll go, or I don't know. It. He's not going to go top five, a 25-year-old quarterback, really. I don't know. But. I, I think he could, he's fringe potential top 10, though. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue with them. I mean. They're, I don't know, like it's a quarterback driven league, so it just takes one team to like him. I mean, last year we talked about a bunch of quarterbacks that we thought were intriguing. And then at the end of the day, only one goes in the first round, Kenny Pickett, and he falls to or he goes 20th overall. Um, I think this year will be better than that. But how much better, you know, remains to be seen. I mean, you talked about Hennon Hooker, and I think he's definitely intriguing, especially just from a fantasy perspective, because he can you know, provide value with his legs, which is 
if there's any weakness with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, it's the fact that they don't really excel in that area. Um, and as we've seen, you know, with guys like Jalen Hurts, you know, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, like that can just be such a boon for fantasy production. Um, Anthony Richardson's intriguing just because he has like all the measurables. And it's funny how he gets mocked to the, the Giants, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they're obviously that's a team that I know is doing well, and they are not going to have a top five pick, at least right now. Um, but, you know, the Brian Dabble collect, or connection, you know, with Josh Allen, um, that could be intriguing if he winds up maybe with the Giants and, you know, if he can work his magic. Um, he's he's the one that I've got my eye on most outside of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, though, I think. How about running backs, Nick? How we Luckily, running class. back is literally the only saving grace of this class, <laughs> at least to me. I mean, it's got four or five running backs that easily should go in our first round. I'd say probably five or six. And we did not. We had, what, two last year? So I really think the running backs, I mean, obviously it's held up by Dijon Robinson, Texas, the kid is getting almost more hype than Barkley, which is kind of crazy. Uh, then you have Jameer Gibbs from Bama. He just catches everything. And in the direction the NFL is going, you need that ability. Um, you know, those are kind of my top tier. I mean, you have Robinson tier of his own, Gibbs, and you could, I'd say Gibbs, Evans, and Tucker are kind of the next tier. And then, then it falls off a little. Um, there's a few rising stars I kind of like, especially uh, is it Blake Corum out of Michigan. He's yeah. been super exciting to watch and he's definitely been shooting up my boards. Um, but yeah, uh, after that, you kind of have, you know, your decent running back, Tank Bigsby, who's had a bunch of hype and has kind of faltered the last two years. So he's world-class really name. Exciting. Oh, for sure. Oh, great. Name. So him faltering sucks. And it's kind of <laughs> like that running back out of UCLA. Um, Sharbana. Yep. He was kicking ass, getting a ton of hype, and now you don't really hear too, too much about him. So it's the pack 10 effect, though, right? Yeah. So pending landing spots, I could see those guys shoot up higher, but I see them, you know, kind of later. But obviously, the top four or five running backs in the class are unbelievable. And with the state the NFL's in, there's a ton of aging stars at the running back position. So I think this could help with a ton of turnover in the nfl you'll see a bunch of the older running backs that are you know kind of helping the competing teams might not have their jobs next year so it could be really interesting shake up to our league and the nfl i think the big piece that comes down to it is i mean yes this is a very strong draft class for running backs the free agent class for running backs is fucking insane this year it's absolutely fucking insane so oh, yeah. where these guys end up in the offseason is going to really, really determine where some of this draft strategy for some of these teams come in, and that could affect a lot of landing spots or where these guys are taken in the NFL draft. And I think that's going to greatly impact where we see guys like Jameer Gibbs and and Tank Bigsby and Bijan Robinson and where all these where all these guys kind of filter out. Zach Evans, I mean, who knows? There's a lot of moving pieces that are going to affect this running back class. And I think that's the biggest gap, so to speak, that I want to see what happens between the end of the season and draft day. 
Yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about it, but this is going to be the running back apocalypse and the soft season, and it's going to affect literally every running back, I think, in the league. Like, I don't think anyone's safe from seeing changes. You alluded to the free agents that we have at the running back position this offseason, um, but to give a rundown on those, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Daryl Henderson, Tony Pollard, Devin Singletary, James Robinson, Melvin Gordon, Damian Harris, uh, Alexander Mattinson, Jamal Williams, Daryl Williams. Um, draft, we've talked about a few guys. Um, and then you have like the restructures or cap casualties. Those could be anyone from Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Delvin Cook. All those guys have deals that potentially teams could move on from. Yep. Now, that's not to say that those guys are going to not have a job next year but they could end up in new situations with timeshares. They could, you know, do they go down the road of like a James Conner or Leonard Fournette where they end in a nice situation that still makes them fantasy relevant? Or do they just fall into the oblivion and not become relevant? Um, It's going to be fascinating. And just because of the amount of options, um, it's, you know, I think it's really going to really shape just all the running backs across the league because, you know, Jonathan Taylor, number one running back in the league, you know, probably at the position right now. But if his team brings in like a, I don't know, a Jamal Williams, like, yeah, Jamal Williams isn't going to take Jonathan Taylor's role, but he could cut into it in a way that we haven't seen that, you know, Naheem Hines can do, you know, and you can, I think, play that game with like every single running back in the league. There's a case to be made that they could have a cheap running back that's available, whether it's in free agency or because of how deep this class is, a running back they don't expect to fall in the middle rounds, they capitalize on it. Um, so, yeah, I'm really watching that, too. That's something that's definitely on my radar. That's a great great uh, uh, thing to bring up, Dan. You're welcome. Two and a half drinks in and a half a drink here. And when we start about wide receivers, I'm going to take a piss because you guys are going to start. And then we're going to kind of live the dream from there. Perfect. Nick, let's just piggyback off that. How are we feeling about wide receivers? Not great, Bob. Not great. <laughs> um, I think there's four of them that I would say are tier above. And sadly, two of them are having just god-awful seasons or not even fucking playing. Yeah. So with that, I have Smith. I don't yep. know. In Jackson Jackson Smith. Smith. Najigba. Najigba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jordan Addison. Yep. Keishan Butte. Yeah, booty, Keshawn booty, and Quentin Johnston. Those are kind of my four top tier wide receivers. You could talk me really into literally any order of these two or these four. I'd say if I had to pick a favorite, it's probably Jordan Addison, mainly because I'm Pac-12 love, and he's literally set the world on fire the last two years. He hasn't had a down year. He's looked unbelievable, but he hasn't looked as good as Butte or Smith Najingba when they actually are playing. So it, it's hard. And then after that, I just don't like it. it it's This is probably uh, actually the second weakest spot of this draft, I'd say, is here. You know, especially competing when last year we had five wide receivers that are just elite. Oh, so I agree. Kind of drop down to this. And then last year's, you know, middle rounds were super exciting. So you had people like Alec Pierce or pre-cancer Mechie. Like, there were some really good people available, and I just don't think we have that in this draft. The the 
pre like this is this is the weakest draft class we've seen in the last two years and it, there's such a gap that we see between the top four and then everything else that's going to affect where these guys go this is i think wide receivers in this draft are truly going to be where do you get drafted at and who do you get drafted by that's going to dictate where these guys i think are going to go in our draft and how they're going to be valued in what's to come and with that i'm going to put my headset down go take a piss and you guys fill in the blanks thank you thank you sir no, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, the last, you know, few years, I mean, going back to the 2020 draft class, um, we saw, you know, obviously that brought us Justin Jefferson, you know, C.D. Lamb, um, you know, a few other guys, you know, this year or last year we had Jamar Chase. Um, I'm blinking on other names because I'm incompetent. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Um, and then in this recent year, I mean, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, um, George Pickens. Um, it's it's hard to live up to that consistent, like, top-tier hype um, and success that we've seen from those classes. Um, I, yeah, I feel like this draft class has a lot of, like, real premier, like, number two wide receivers. Um, they could still be fantasy relevant, but I'm not sure if, like, they could be elite um, and break out like we've seen, you know, some of the elite ones do. Justin Jefferson or Dan's making another drink. drink yes. um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's definitely not as exciting as recent classes, but I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, we're going to see what we always see in these rookie drafts. Wide receivers are going to be available late in the first round. They're going to be some of them are going to work out. They're going to fall into the second round. They're going to look like steals. Uh, one or two might fall into the third, and they're going to be, I don't want to say studs, but guys that clearly just shouldn't have fallen, but they do. It's a tale as old as time. It always happens in super flex leagues. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting guys that are real specialty wide receivers, like more deep threats, more slot players. And if they go in the right situation, I think they could be studs. You know, Josh Jones, Marvin Mims, you know, two guys that probably aren't going to be in our first round mock, but I think they're guys that could be, um, you know, just a great slot or, you know, outside deep threat guys that if they go to the right team could be instant successful studs. But if they go to a team that just wants to have them do wind sprints, you know, all day and not passing the ball, then they're going to suck ass. So, Oh, Alan Robinson like? Well, I don't even know if he's doing wind sprints. He just straight up sucks. But okay, I'm back. Yeah, what 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 drink do we have now? Just Tito's uh, on the rocks? Uh no, I've got a little special lemonade in there for color. Appreciate that. All right, Nick, wrap it up with the last position, uh, tight end. I'm assuming this position blows. Yeah. One. There's Michael Mayer. That's yep. really all she wrote. I mean, you could talk me in. I think there's a tight end from Bama or Georgia that looks decent. That's coming out in this class. Yeah. But it's not good. No, and it's, even Mayer is kind of tough. It's almost like last year's draft. I'd say Mayer, between the two drafts, probably the best talent. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if he's got what he needs to compete in the NFL. It's very he seems like like which yeah, Cole come from Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean TJ Hawkinson esque. Um, just don't have the elite athleticism. This isn't a white joke, but it's just a fact. Um, so. Can that translate in the NFL? You know, TBD, I guess. 
Um, yeah, Myers, right. yeah, we got to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, do we want to do a quick mock draft? Um, yeah, I'll take the reins on this one. You want so, to? Yeah, because I didn't fucking do any preparation. You guys did. So we're going to give you at max 30 seconds, and I'm going to run the timer on my end. Okay. You get 30 seconds to justify why the person picking in this position should draft your player. Okay. Okay. Um, yep. You have the draft order, Dan? I do have it up in front of me. So okay. pick 1.1. One. One. Yeah, but Steve. Nick and I have different draft orders. Just Correct. Order. And I want you to – Well, my draft order is right. I think yeah, I want you to... potential points for tiebreaker between the threes, the twos, and the ones. There's Nick, Dan, yeah, I didn't do potential Armand, points. I did weird. It's a fucking same fucking draft order. No, Zane is switched with somebody in ours. All right, that's fine. We can go. I'll make it go. We'll okay. make it happen. Okay, one dot one. So, Ruth, I'll give you thirty seconds. Who is your one dot one pick for Steve? And go. CJ Shroud, quarterback out of the Ohio State. Steve does not have a starting quarterback. CJ Stroud in most mocks is the number one quarterback gone. I don't see how he doesn't do it. A running back does not help his rebuild. Okay. Stop. Done. Reset. We're you're up. Go. Um, so this year we have obviously quarterbacks that are interesting, but I don't know if they're elite. B. John Robinson is elite player, um, and I think it doesn't matter that it's not a quarterback or it's not a direct need maybe for some of these top teams like Steve or Chris. I don't think you can pass on, pass on B. John. So Chris, if it's me, runs to the board and takes the best player available in this draft class here. Perfect. All right. Good. You're five seconds under. Uh, weird. You lead off pick that two. This is Chris's pick, which would be picked by Chris at 1.2. Ready and go. Wait, what? Stop. Reset. They're both named Nick. I we are sorry. I'm two and a half drinks in tonight. We're gonna Wait, so are we about. are we doing our own mock draft? Yeah, you're doing your own mock draft. Oh, okay. You're doing your own mock draft. We're going 30 seconds a piece. This should take us 12 minutes. That's far too long for this, but we're gonna go with it. All right. Gotcha. So okay. we're we're Chris two dot one dot two. You're up. What do you got? Yep. So with B. John off the board, I'm going to go with a quarterback. Um, C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are the guys. I like Bryce Young just a little bit more. I think he's more of like a just natural quarterback with a better feel and poise. Um, I think this Bama team around him isn't the most talented Bama team that we've seen. C.J. Stroud, I think, has just world-class support around him. So I wonder if that maybe works against him. So I get the slight edge to Bryce Young. Perfect. Three seconds to spare. Ruth, 1.2. Chris, where are you going? Bijan Robinson. Chris says, fuck you to traditional rebuild. He did it every year. We've thought he's going to go quarterback, so I just don't think he goes quarterback here and goes Robinson. Okay, that was 11 seconds. Thank you. Ruth, you're picking at 1.3. You are going to take ready and go. Bryce Young. If there's a quarterback available here, I'm going to take it and run. Young quarterbacks are worth their weight in gold and super flex, as we've seen. I would love Robinson to be available just because of my roster and I want to compete, but I will gladly take Bryce Young. Beautiful. Reset. We're 1.3. Nick is picking who? Us. Another quarterback. We'll go CJ Stroud. Um, I think just best player available. Um, doesn't really matter position for Nick's team. Um, it's a quarterback, and even though he might want to go running back, I think this just makes the most sense. Perfect. Stop. Reset. 1.4. I'm picking for myself. Weir, you are up. Go. Jameer Gibbs, I think, is just the best player available at this point. The only concern with him is size. 
But as long as he checks in with a decent, you know, size of the combine and the NFL drafts him, I think in maybe late first, early second, um, I think he has everything that you want to be, a, you know, just a stud um, at, you know, the position and in the game. So he's my pick here for you. Perfect. 25 seconds. Ruth, same pick. 1.4 for me. You are up. Go. Um, he just sent a message um, that oh, she has. Oh. I'm back. Oh, oh right. he's back. Okay. So we are on 1.4. 1. 1.4. 1. Yep, you're picking for me. Jameer Gibbs, best player available. Um, you need running backs because you have Gibson, who the league wants dead, and you have Akers, who is dead. So I don't see how you pass a running back. That is factually correct. I will confirm that as I continue your time. I'll stop it at 19.28 seconds. All right, let's have a little bit of fun. 1.5, Armand's pick, but it belongs to Chris. Nick Ruth, you're up. I have Will Levis, Levis going here. Chris desperately needs a quarterback. I think he goes in the first round in the NFL draft. And with Chris's neat, desperate need at quarterback, I finally think he gets it. And because he knows at least one will be available, that's why he can go Robinson at two. Nick Weir, you are in three, two, one, go. All right, so Bryson went 1.2 to Chris in my mock. I'm going to have him take the best uh, available wide receiver, and it's it's a toss-up, but I'm going to still lean Jackson Smith and Ajigba. Um, I think while this year has been a bit of a bust, last year we saw a lot of talent, and you know, there's a case to be made he was the best player available on a team last year that had Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson on it. Um, so that's pretty good track record for Chris. Um, so I think he'll take a wide receiver here. And Jackson Smith and the Jigba makes sense. All right, you were just over 30 seconds, so we're going to keep it, keep it tight here. Pick six. Um, this is Nick Weir's pick. With Nick Weir, you are going to pick here. So who do you take in this spot? Go. Um, he, this is someone that I've been higher on than I think majority of where I've read, but I really like Sean Tucker running back out of Syracuse. Um, he's measurable rise. Like he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's a track athlete. Um, he's going to run a good 40. He's got pass catching abilities. I think he's someone that, um, you know, for my team, you know, needing a running back, I think he makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to go with Sean Tucker here. Perfect. Three seconds to spare. Uh, Nick Ruth, go. Nick Ruth said be right back, but I would imagine looking Stop. at his roster. That's fucking not great. Okay. Nick's going to go with Jackson Smith and Jigba for Nick Weir. Um, and I'm assuming that he's going this way because he thinks Najigba is just the best player on the board. So I would agree. I think that's a very, I think that's a smart pick for him there. All right. Well, let's go to, um, what do we got? Pick seven, yep, which pick is seven. Chris via Kevin. Go ahead, Nick. What do you think is going to happen? Um, I'm going to have him take Quinton Johnston, uh, wide receiver for TCU. Um, I just think he's, you know, he's a very big um, running or wide receiver. I believe he's like six three or six four. Um, looks kind of like T Higgins esque. Um, I think he's someone that could be. Um, very successful in the next level um, if he goes to the right team and he's someone that I would potentially love to see on the Bears. So I'm going to go another wide receiver for Chris here. Okay. And if you're Nick Ruth, because you have your notes up in front of you, where does he go? Um, I'm just going to assume that Nick would go Jordan Addison here, uh, wide receiver from USC. 
Um, kind of touched base on him earlier, but he really has been the best wide receiver in college football the last two years. Uh, last year he was at Pitt. This year he's at USC. Um, he's really helped Kenny Pickett last year and now Caleb Williams this year. Um, hard to argue with going against going him for Chris's team here at seven. Right, back. back. Yep. Yes. All right. Well, we got him back. Do you disagree? I don't know. I didn't. Hear okay. Him. Good talk. We you took Jordan Addison one dot seven for Chris. Yes. Oh, uh, I. Well, yeah. it's different order again. Yes, yeah, I would have him as seven. He, I think, is the best wide receiver in the draft. All right, so we're into one dot eight. This is Adam. Adam's pick, but Steve gets to make the pick. Ruth, where are you going with this? Keishan Butte. I think he is the best player on the board. Steve has the luxury that he needs everything, so best player available works. I just, he's a young, good wide receiver. It's a good one to build around. I think that's where I'd go. Weir, you're up. I'll go Zach Evans, uh, running back for uh, Ole Miss. I think just best player available. I think this is one of a few running backs in the class that could be absolute elite at the next level. Um, Just checks all the options you want to see with prototypical size, speed. He's a five-star recruit. Um, So that's my guy here at eight. Beautiful. All right, 1.9. Jerry's pick, but Steve gets to make the pick. Weir, where are you going? Uh, Again, Nick kind of mentioned it when he took a little there. Seems like he's a guy that's going to go in the first round. I don't love him either, but got to, I'll say, a third quarter. We'll go in the third round or in this round. And Levis right now seems like the most likely candidate. So he's my guy here. We're, you're up. Or Ruth, you're up. I'm going to piece it together. My guy here is Zach Evans. You know, Nick kind of touched on it. He looks incredible. Steve, again, best player available. Right now, with this, he fills out quarterback, wide receiver, running back in the first round. You can't ask for much more. And they all look to be elite, you know, future building talents. So I think that's the way he goes. Yeah. All right. So 1.10. Chris is going to get his first of back-to-back picks here. Ruth, uh, 1.10. Where do you see Chris going? Again, best player available is a running back. So Chris, in my draft at least, saying, fuck you to building how I would with running backs last. He is now adding his second running back of the draft of Sean Tucker, who I vote of Syracuse, who looks amazing. Um, this is where the discrepancy get vague for me. Uh, where your shit says Stevia Adam. So is this Steve's pick? Is this Chris's pick? Is this Kevin's pick? Who the fuck knows? What do you got? Nick and I did different tiebreakers. I did it by points scored. He did it by potential points. Oh, perfect. I awesome. just scored it by seeding. So whatever. Um, so my 10th pick, I don't even care who's picking here. I'm just going to do best player available. And I'll go with Jordan Addison. Um, for a lot of the reasons we touched on, um, just very talented player, um, top wide receiver the last few years in college football, um, at least so far. So he's my guy here at 10th. Okay. So we're moves you at 11, which is a second last pick. Where do you see, um, this is probably Chris via Sam. Um, where do you see this pick going? I'll go with Keishan, um, Keishan Boot. I think there's, if so, I think all these wide receivers in this class are, look like really good number twos, best case scenario. But I think Kayshawn and Quentin Johnson are the two wide receivers that I think could be like legit bona fide studs and potentially get to that point. Um, so I think even with it being a down year, he had a great week uh, last week. Finally, um, I still like Kayshawn Boots, so I'll take him here at one dot eleven. Plus, I know Chris likes his SEC guys, so let's let this train ride. Ruth, where are you at at 
I'm going to go with the tight end, Michael Mayer. I think that's not quite best player available, but I think Chris is trying to start to round out his roster, you know, getting a young, I think, first-round pedigree. I don't know how he doesn't go first round in the NFL draft. And in a tight end premium, I just don't think you can pass up that opportunity for another running back. So I see Michael Mayer. All right. So last pick of the first round draft pick. Last round. Ruth, you get to start it. Where is your last round pick going to? Blake Corum, the running back out of Michigan I was talking about earlier. I think he's shooting up boards. I really like him. Um, this is my pick. I desperately need running backs. So it fits. If I didn't desperately need running backs or someone else is going, I'm probably reaching on this guy. I'd say Quentin Johnston. But because it's me, I know I need running backs. I'd be more than willing to reach a little for him. Okay. And then, uh, Mr. Nick Weir, where is Nick Ruth going with this last draft pick? Um, with how the board falls off, I'm going to say he'll go with another Notre Dame tight end uh, to fill out his roster, and I'll go with Michael Mayer. Um, I, I know he needs running backs, but I think at the end of the day, we've seen kind of this season more than ever that the only thing that really matters is good players. So reaching maybe to fill a need is a little risky. So Michael Mayer, I think um, I think he's the best player available in the tight end premium league. Um, we'll see how the NFL views him when we get to that point. But right now it's hard to argue with the results that we've seen in his career. Beautiful. So the last question I'll follow up with before we move on is, who is the guy that's left out of the first round that you think should be in the first round? So Ruth, I'll start with you. Mine's easily Quentin Johnson. You know, Nick kind of touched on him. He could easily be a stud wide receiver. Um, yeah, I think he's okay. the one. All right. Where, where are you at? That's tough. Um, I think for me, I, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, probably a running back. I mean, Blake Corum definitely has had a lot of buzz and produced a lot for this Michigan team. Um, I also really like Devin, a, a chain uh, running back for Texas A&M. So probably a running back. But I don't know. I could rattle off like five names that I really like. Perfect. So Thank you for participating in Dan did no research and has been drinking too much and wanted to lead the discussion. So thank you for being part of that. We appreciate your services. That's what I'm here for. All right. So with that in mind, I think... 90 seconds going... with Nick? 90 seconds with Nick, but he's... Robin has had uh, other plans for this podcast oh. tonight. So we have to, I mean, do you want to dare try to do 90 absolutely. seconds with Dan? No, not a fucking not. No, absolutely not. No, I'm fucking butthurt that fucking I got beat by less than two points. Fucking who else got beat by Zane got beat by less than two points. No, I'm fucking butthurt about everything in this fucking league. Fuck this game. Fuck you all. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. All right, I'll do the quick 90-second recap, right, good looking shit. at Nick's notes. All right, uh, first matchup, we had Nick Ruth taking on Chris. Um, interesting that Chris was top six scorer with getting squadouche um, from some of his players this week. Um, Nick, it, you know, lost, but it's exciting to see a guy like Kenneth Walker come in and really have a legitimately awesome game. Um, for Chris, you know, not... His team isn't as far away as, as maybe we think when we see some of these people producing. Stefan and Zane, I mean, it was billed as a battle of giants, and it was um, not really that. Uh, both teams really didn't score a lot, kind of underperformed this week. Stefan really ekes out a, a 
a nail biter of a win, 0.4 points. Um, Zach Ertz got a catch with like garbage time left, like a few seconds left. That was the the power or the determining factor for this game. Uh, Denver Sam four is a landslide in my recent weeks. Oh, 96 with Nick, you're up. Go. Yeah, go for it, Nick. In our redraft, the last two weeks, I have lost by a combined, combined 0.26. It's very impressive. Yes. So then we go with Jaron Adam. Or no, Dan and Sam. Super close. A lot closer than we thought. But you should have known Burrow rolling into New Orleans with an LSU jersey. Shit was going to go down. Dirty. Brees Hall looks incredible. You kind of have to be happy with what you paid for him. Um, Sam's starting to see some of his wide receivers turn around, and lucky for him, he gets the easiest of easiest schedules. So I think this is where he's going to make up ground. Jaron Adam, again, very close game. Could have gone any way. Both were top six scoring, so that helps. And then we had Kevin and Weir, which was a super close game. You know, Nick, it sucks having a lot of players that are good because when they blow up on your bench, it really sucks. But I think, you know, you started the no-brainers, and if that happens, it happens. But you kind of have to start getting nervous, man. Kyler and Russell Wilson look bad. Kyler's and we have... freaking six overall in scoring at quarterback. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Oh, yes. Well, he has not looked good <laughs> the last two weeks. No, he has my story. And but he gets D hop back, but he loses Hollywood Brown. But Robbie yeah. Anderson is here to save. Yeah, I wouldn't Continue. be super excited with those two right now. <laughs> and then you have Steven Armand. I believe I was the only one who took the over on 0.5 wins for Steve. Uh, yep, I think that's correct. That could be correct, yes. But lucky for Armand, Dak and two are back, so he's literally putting out a new team. Like I said earlier, I think that helps a ton. Um. And that's my 90 seconds. Yes, I have Robin. Oh, bubbles. All right. Well, thanks for multitasking with that one, Nick. Um, All right. Let's move on to matchups. You know, we've got six games this week, and three of them on paper seem really, really good. Um, Right now for standings, I have Dan and I tied uh, 26 um, and 10. Nick, you're at 24 and 12. so a little bit behind, but still really close across the board. Uh, week five, we all went six and zero. Oh. Uh, week six, I went three and three. Nick, you went one and five. Dan, you went two and four. So things are starting to take shape uh, with some wild games uh, tilting the balance of powers here. Um, one thing that you kind of mentioned, Nick, that I think is intriguing is because of the scheduling and these interconference games, we're seeing the teams that didn't make the playoffs. In this case, Sam really have an advantage over the next three weeks. He gets to play, you know, they're not pushovers. They both just won this week, but uh, Steve and Chris twice in the next three weeks, uh, Jared and myself get to play one of them once uh, the next three weeks. And Zane doesn't get to play any of them. Um, not saying that that's going to be the reason that a team does or doesn't make the playoffs, but if it's a close battle, that could be something to monitor uh, down the stretch. So that's, that's interesting. Um, all right, well, let's start off with maybe the first kind of gimme game of the week. Uh, Sam's taking on Steve this week. Nick, what, any anything worth talking about this game? Not really. Um, this is, Sam can't drop points in this stretch, so 
Yeah, got to capitalize with this one. Dan, yep. you want to add anything, or are we all taking Sam? Sam! All righty. Um, okay, let's move on to... How about Chris taking on Armand this week? Um, Armand gets, you know, Nick mentioned Dak and Tua back this week. Um, he has a new running back core. Um, Chris's team... They doesn't really have a ton of buys. Dawson Knox is something to watch. Um, how are we feeling about this matchup? Anything worth going in depth on here? No, I'll take Armand here. Even though the record's worse, I'll take Armand. Yeah, I'm taking Armand. I think the two quarterbacks coming back, it's just too much for Chris. Agreed. Yeah, I'm going with Armand as well. I think Ar- Armand's team's interesting. I think he's definitely better than the 2-10 and record that he has right now. But injuries and some bad luck um, has made things a little bit worse than what, what is reflective here. Um, all right, let's do then a matchup for, how about you two? Uh, Nick and Dan are playing each other this week. Um, Battle of the Rebuilds. Um, I'll let each of you guys just give your two seconds of thoughts on your own rosters. Uh, Dan, let's start with you. Yeah, I have a lot of questionable shit. I yep. potentially might be starting three tight ends that all have questionable talent. I am out of depth. I have some buy luck or some buy bads. Josh Allen's on buy. It's not great. Um, I'll take Nick in this matchup. Nick, how are you feeling about your team and who are you taking? Yeah, I'm taking myself. I had Dan pick prior to his trade this morning because I think the two starting quarterbacks probably would have got it done. But now having to start what he is, I just I think my team just matches up better, especially if Bateman's in and Olave's in, which I think are up in the air. So I'm going to lean myself, but I'm not overly excited since one of my running backs is projected at (laughs) 0.62. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nick as well. Um, Kenneth Walker looked phenomenal last week. Oh, yeah, he's super exciting. So good, yes. Wide receivers for your team, Nick, it's outside of Godwin has been inconsistent. You know, we've seen the rookies had some highs, but we've also seen them have some lows. Um, So I wouldn't be shocked if Dan wins this game, but I'll give the edge to you right here on paper. All right, and now we've got kind of three, I'd say, juicy matchups um, to wrap up the week. Um, And we can start with my matchup versus Stefan. Nick, do you want to... Just jump in wherever you kind of want to for this one. Yeah, you're, you know, I've been saying it. You're kind of in that do or die for me. You're starting to fall behind the pack a little. Not too, too much, but you don't have a good stretch of games. And you're going against arguably the best team. Like, you can't afford to drop one point. You have to get top six scoring, or I think your season is in real rough shape. So I'm going to lean Stefan, but... I think this is a do or die. You have to get one or else type game for you. I have to follow up with that. I mean, you have to be excited. There's no Cooper Cup you have to play against this week. Very excited. He announced that it was a questionable tag. With that being said, I still don't know that you have what's excited to be happy with this week. Russell Wilson has been less than spectacular. You got Zappy, but I think um He's not going to start this week. Murray plays on Thursday night with Eno Benjamin. I'm I'm with Nick. I'm going to pick Stefan. Yeah, when we look at buys this week, you mentioned Stefan's down Cup. He's also down Cousins and Stafford. Mm-hmm. And Keenan Allen, it seems, is very 
very likely to be out this week um, as well. Um, with the buy approaching, it seems like they're being conservative with them. Um, from my side of things, from buy, I mean, Delvin Cook, um, Allen Robinson doesn't really count. Those are really the two um, pre premier players on buys for me. Um, you know, I never pick myself, so I'm going to go with Stefan, but I think I've got some interesting matchups. Um, if you want to look at one that I think could potentially shift things, um, I think it's Ezekiel Elliott against the Lions. Um, if he can have a blow-up game, that's going to be my path to victory. Um, if he doesn't, it's probably not going to happen. But I'll take Stefan as well. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, two more juice or two more juicy games. It's really hard to pick a match for the week. Um, we're going to go with Zane taking on Adam. Um, two teams um, in the playoffs and looking good on paper, but some by concerns or injury concerns for them. Um, Nick, do you want to give a rundown on either team? Yeah, I'll go with Zane's. He's not having too bad of injuries. You know, Jonathan Taylor's still up in the air. Mm -hmm. um, Aaron Rodgers showed up late on an injury report. Lockett in, laid up on an injury report. But I still think with the matchups and everything, I'm going to go Zane. I just think we're due for an Evans explosion or a Hill I can't really say explosion because he's been doing it nonstop, but Lamar's pissed. He's going to have a bounce back. He usually destroys Cleveland. You know, it's it's a really big game for Zane for our division. Like I said, it's such a close race. Adam pretty much has his playoff spot locked up. So, you know, you, it's, it's fancy football, so it's not like you try less, but Zane definitely has a lot more at stake, at stake here. I think it comes up two things for Adam. No digs. And no Jefferson. Yep. That's a lock for Zane. Yeah. Being down to what? Top, top five picks. Top five picks in fantasy, period. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Um, Zane's, you know, those are obviously the two big buys for Adam. For Zane, he's down Gabe Davis and Dallas Goddard um, and Miles Sanders. But we're seeing kind of the depth that Zane has and maybe Adam's team is lacking. Uh, that kind of helps him this week. So I'm going to roll with Zane as well this week. All right, and that brings up to the last matchup, and we have Mr. Kevin Ruth taking on Mr. Chair Weber. Um, Nick, do you want to start us off again? Yeah, I'm taking Kevin in this one, especially with this recent trade. I think Barkley's going to have a huge game. Um, you know, again, it kind of goes to the Zane, Zane Adam game where it's so much bigger for Jared than it is Kevin. But I just, yeah. I don't think Jair's got the pieces right now to beat Kevin, so I'm going to lean Kevin. Yeah, Henderson's on by. Pitts has been kind of eh. Waddle's got a question mark. You've got Zach Wilson and Jalen Hurts is on by. Kenny Pickett, do you really feel comfortable starting him? It's a question mark. Jerry's got some good wide receiver depth, but I don't think it's enough to overcome it. I, too, will take Kevin in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I think for Jer's team, obviously Hurts being on a bye is just, that's a huge one. Um, the second and third quarterback on this team is just going to, I think, really just determine how far Jer goes. Um, Zach Wilson and Pickett, we haven't seen them kind of take any steps, um, but they're both young guys, and I don't think you're or writing them off yet. But 
you just don't feel confident about them right now. Um, I'm going uh, Kevin as well. I think he's, you know, from a buy perspective, he's done what, just Singletary and Thielen? Um, yep. But Kevin just has, again, we're seeing the depth. You know, we're seeing, like, how that can carry during bye weeks and really help keep you ahead of the curve. Um, so it's it's hard to go against Kevin this week. Well, after having a lot of variety last week, we're all going chalk this week. Uh, yep, very generic. Six or going six for six. It's about six for six with the same picks this week. So that's exciting. So it means Dan and I, at the very least, will maintain our, our top or tie on this uh, race. Yep, rock chalk Jayhawk. <laughs> um, all right, anything... Uh, else to add or talk about before we wrap up this pod the week this week chris godwin is very much available if anyone needs a wide receiver so mm-hmm. is dj moore and rashad bateman what about uh, uh, mr um tyler conklin that one is very available <laughs> but zach wilson is not the thrower that joe flacco is who would have known yeah i have a belly button who makes a move next, or who makes a trade next between you two? Oh, me for sure. Oh, okay, Nick, do you agree with that <laughs> assessment? No, oh, I'm not have a trade done tonight. Oh, okay, fuck you then. Yeah, it's a fucking bullshit that I, I got conspiracized against. I will finish watching the Astros beat the Yankees because that makes my day better. Maybe because fucking Jose Altuve is a fucking cheating whore and he's a midget and Oompa but fuck it. On that note, I think we legally have to stop the podcast. Yeah, you're so, right? Yeah, sorry. Have Ooh. a good one. Have a good night. Wait, right. we need a closing song. Do we? I, uh, he's, nope. Nope. He's not going to happen. Yep. All right. Have a good one, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.